If 2021 is already not going your way, be comforted by knowing there are only 362 days left until 2022. And if you want to go the long way round, this is the January 4th, 2021 installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, COVID numbers in Virginia are in a post-holiday surge. Delegate Lee Carter seeks the Democratic nomination for governor, and the City Parks and Recreation Department begins a series of bird walks this week. If you're a new listener, or an old one, this is the place where I generally put a quick message from one of our supporters. Check out our Patreon account to see how you can get a message as an individual. If you represent a business or other entity that would like to support this work and get your message out, contact me and we'll work something out. The audience is growing, and my hope is that these messages will lead to meaningful connections. Since the last newsletter on Thursday, the Virginia Department of Health has reported 20,454 new cases of COVID. To put that in perspective, it took six weeks in the early pandemic for Virginia to hit that amount. The seven-day average for new daily cases is 4,480, and the seven-day average for positive test results has gone from 13.2% on December 31st to 15.8% today. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reports another 3,771 cases based on about 18,000 tests processed yesterday. The current seven-day average for daily tests is 30,686 a day. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there have been 350 additional cases and four more deaths. So far, 96 people have died in the district since the pandemic began. Another Democrat has entered the race for that party's nomination for governor in Virginia. Delegate Lee Carter of the 50th House District made his announcement on New Year's Day. It's no secret that Virginia is divided, but it's not divided between red and blue. It's not divided between big cities and small towns. Virginia is divided between the haves and the have-nots. Carter joins a field of announced candidates that includes former Delegate Jennifer Carroll Foy, Senator Jennifer McClellan, and former Governor Terry McAuliffe. In an advertisement announcing his campaign, Carter leaned into his message of democratic socialism. For everyone with a stack of bills on the kitchen table waiting to get paid, I'm running for governor so the rest of us can finally get what we need. We have So we can get what we deserve. One way to keep track of the election is through the Virginia Public Access Project. The Democrats will select a nominee in a primary on June 8th. Republicans will choose their nominee in an unassembled convention. There is one declared independent in the race, Princess Blanding. She's the sister of Marcus David Peters, a man shot by Richmond police in May of 2019. Tomorrow, we'll see two special elections for vacant seats in the House of Delegates. One is for District 2, from which Carol Foy resigned to run for governor. The other is for House District 90, from which Joe Lindsay resigned in November to become a judge in Norfolk. There will need to be another special election at some point this year to fill the vacancy left by the death on New Year's Day of Senator Ben Chafin. He died of COVID-related complications. We're about to hit the 10-month mark for the pandemic, and there's no sign of when recreational centers operated by the city of Charlottesville will reopen. But the Parks and Recreation Department is doing what so many have done to adapt. They've pivoted to offer new kinds of activities. 
Lucy Hartley is a program specialist with the department who at 9.30 this Wednesday morning will lead the first of four bird walks. So the first one's going to be at our city park Riverview, which is right along the Ravana River. So we can pick up some great uh, blue herons and maybe some other water birds. Uh, the next one, uh, January 20th at Darden Park, Darden Toe Park. Uh, February 3rd at Ivy Creek and February 17th at McIntyre Park. Each one will likely include different birds as there are microhabitats all across the area. The walk this Wednesday at Riverview passes through many types of terrain. Some of the walk will be in a meadow habitat, so we'll see some of the sparrows and maybe finches and birds like that. They like to eat the seeds. Uh, we'll be close to the water, so we might see some of the, the ducks and grebes and other water birds, the blue heron, of course. Um, and it's winter, so the other thing, there are certain species that are only here in the winter time. So the juncos and the white-throated sparrows, uh, sapsucker woodpecker, uh, there's certain things you could really only see this time of year. And the other advantage is the leaves are not on the trees, and so you've got much better visibility. It's a little, little easier to see the birds this time of year. Hartley said it is easier to see birds at this time of year because trees have lost their leaves, and before they come back, this is a good time to start a new hobby. She said they began the program in order to offer something new. When we're planning programs, we're looking at trends out there, and I, we've all read about this, well, you have the surge of interest that people are biking and kayaking and all the, the outdoor activities, but when people were home in March, that's when, and it was a little quieter because there wasn't as much traffic, and people were definitely hearing birds and noticing things about birds that they might not have been tuned into before. So. There is this growing interest in birding, and we wanted to try to kind of capitalize on that and give people the tools they need to learn the bird sounds and resources and how to identify them and just get some, some basic. Each walk is $6 for city residents and $8 for everyone else. You can register online, and there's a link in the newsletter. There are eight slots available. And if you decide to go, let me know. Today in meetings, the Albemarle Architectural Review Board meets at 1 p.m. for a virtual meeting with design review of an auto repair facility on Ivy Road, as well as a new Wawa at US 29 and Profit Road. There will also be a discussion of how to bring several county-designated entrance corridors into state compliance, as well as an overview of the architectural standards on US 250 West. At 5 p.m., the Louisa County Board of Supervisors meets in person. One of the items on their agenda is a discussion of panhandling in the county. And that's it for today's show. For January 4th, 2021, you've been listening to the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast. I'm Sean Tubbs. If you enjoyed this program or got something out of it, the best thing you can do today is to send it on to someone else and share the information. The whole point of this is to get information into your ears and into your eyes um, so that we can hopefully uh, become a more informed community. Um, if you want to support the show financially, there are ways to do that. As I said, uh, I'm looking for sponsors. I'm looking for underwriters, looking for anybody who can help me keep my lights on as I work every day to bring you information about this community. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another installment uh, and uh, the rest of the week. The holidays are now over, so it's, um, you know, nothing but flowers here on out. In the meantime, stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.